Welcome to GEMS Podcast. I'm your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Ainsley Magno. And here's a bit about Ainsley. She is the owner of Holy Shiva Yoga and the Body Tree Wellness Collective. She is known locally for her Rogers TV series, La Vida Yoga with Ainsley, and Health Matters, and as a yoga ambassador for Lowell Women. In addition to being a certified Theta Healer, Reiki practitioner, and yoga instructor, Ainsley holds a business degree in entrepreneurial management and a diploma in creative advertising. She is passionate about helping people connect to their source of power wholly in order to transform their lives positively and permanently, Shiva, and unite them with their ultimate truth yoga, hence the name of her company, Holy Shiva Yoga. Her mission is to inspire all beings in all forms to live in harmony, harmony with themselves and in each other. So without further ado, please do me the honor of welcoming Ainsley Magno to GEMS Podcast. Welcome Ainsley. Hi, Genesis. Thanks so much for having me here today. My pleasure. And thank you so much for just coming on here. And we're going to have a fun conversation. Today, we're going to talk about all things trauma, what that means to you, what does that look like, and how we can help other people who may be dealing with trauma. But before we dive into that, Ainsley, I want you to tell us a fun fact about you, something that I didn't read in your bio, because who knows you better than you? (laughs) A fun fact about me, the first thing that comes to mind was at the age of 21, I decided to fly a bike over to Europe and I followed it. (laughs) We landed in Spain and I went with a partner of mine at the time and we decided to bike across uh, Europe and go right along the Mediterranean Sea uh, from Spain all the way till Venice, Italy. So it was a 1500 kilometer bike. It took us 43 days. Um, and it was probably one of my largest accomplishments that I would never do again. <laughs> OMG, that is amazing. So while you were on that journey, did you take a lot of pictures and what were the interesting things that you learned on the bike ride? Yes, plenty of pictures and lots of interesting things. Um, There's so many, I guess, for me, I love being by the water and I love being in mountains and both the border of Spain and France and then France and Italy had huge mountains Um, and having to climb that on your bike on top of seeing the coast and the weather was just one of the most inspiring things. And then finishing off the day with some local food. In France, they had baguettes everywhere. Like it was just a normal staple. We we can like order Chinese food and baguettes. 
Nutella and baguettes, like everything just came in a baguette and it was the best thing after like a seven hour bike ride to eat it, just enjoying the sights. Um, that was the most commonly interesting thing about my experience. Ooh, that just sounds amazing just talking about baguettes and the different varieties that came with the baguettes. And so now that we know that fun fact and we know that you like nature, serenity, calming things, you like to exercise, health is equivalent to wellness and all of that. And you think about our topic today, all things trauma. How have you used the experiences in your life to help you deal with trauma, help you overcome trauma, teach other people about trauma and help them find their true center. Because with yoga, that's whenever you practice mindfulness, you still yourself. And that is a place when I practiced yoga back then, it was a place for me to, you know, let go of the things that were going around me, all the things in the natural be at one with myself and my thoughts and just let go and be free? Mm, okay, lots of amazing questions. I'm going to do my best to answer all of them. I may forget some of them, so please remind me. Um, I'll start with my experiences with trauma and discovering how it's impacted my life and how I overcame it. Um, so for me, I never realized or related to myself as someone who's experienced trauma in my life. And a lot of people can say the same thing. And I say that because in, in my practice as a, a theta healer and practitioner, many, almost all of my clients have come to me with issues in their lives that have stemmed from unresolved trauma. And so in my life, I started out in a job I didn't like, in a body I didn't like, and I went out and discovered ways to make myself happier. And that is an ongoing journey, <laughs> as always. But at the start of that, I really dove deep into different personal development programs, as well as yoga Reiki and energy healing, plant medicine, basically anything that I can get my hands on figuring out how to live a better life. And I'll share one of my sort of pivotal experiences, which was working in my corporate job, sitting at my office desk, 9 a.m. in the morning, thinking to myself, I can't wait to go home and eat a bag of chips. <laughs> and that was a common thought, Genesis. That was a thought I had almost daily. But the thought after that, that came next was uncommon, which was, Ainsley, that's the most exciting thing about your life right now is going home and binge eating a bag of chips. And that was when things started to shift. That's when I started to ask myself, well, am I really happy? And what is happiness? And if that's the only thing that makes me happy, then what can I start to do to change that? Mm. And so 
That's profound, AZ. And I want to jump in right there because mm-hmm. I want the listeners and the viewers to marinate on that. Am I really happy? If not, what can I do to change that? So you start to hear as well as see that Ainsley starts to work on self-discovery and ask herself those hard questions because sometimes in life, we don't always want to ask ourselves those hard questions. We don't want to look ourselves in the mirror and we don't want to believe that there is something wrong with us. But if we allow ourselves to continue on the same path, are we really helping ourselves or are we harming ourselves? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you for making a point to stop and reflect on that. I'd like to add that if you're stopping and asking yourself that question, the usual answer is no. Because if you were happy, you wouldn't be asking that. There wouldn't be a moment to stop and, and doubt yourself. So that was what started my whole journey into figuring out how to help myself. And in that journey, I reflected on past experiences, traumatic experiences that shifted my relationship to life and my relationship to myself. Um, It goes as far back as when I was a baby Um, But one really stands out for me in my life, which was in my early teens, I uh, got the opportunity to be in a fashion show at school. And I was so excited, Genesis, the thought of trying on new clothes, hoping I can take them down. Yes, exactly. Like getting to strut and just be a diva. And it was such an exciting opportunity for me that when I found out, I rushed home, didn't even take off my bag and shoes, went straight up to my mom. And I said, guess what? I did it. I'm going to be in this show. And she was flipping through the mail at the time. And she looked up at me and then looked back down and spoke to almost herself like she was saying this to herself. She said, you're not skinny enough to be a model. And in that moment, my, I completely dissociated. I couldn't hear anything. I couldn't see anything. My whole world in that moment changed. And my wow. father. That is very, that's kind of profound that your mom, she didn't really make eye contact with you. She looked down. And you said that she was going through the mail and she said, you're not skinny enough. Do you think in that moment that your mom was going through her own um, power struggles or imposter um, syndrome and projecting that onto you? Absolutely. That took me a long time to see from that perspective. And when I do there, that's when the healing continues is knowing that where she was speaking from wasn't out of ill intent. It was from her own pain, her own trauma and her own struggles in her relationship to herself. The question there, when you dissociate it with her and maybe the present moment, whenever she made that comment, how did it make you feel? And did you think about just confronting your mother in in that moment and told her mom, did you realize what you said 
are you saying this to discourage me or are you saying it because you're seeing your younger self or was it not even a thought back then for you? It wasn't a thought. I was too young. My brain was still developing. All I remember is hearing my father shuffle towards her and say, you shouldn't talk to her like that. And the lights turning off. So I didn't even really have a thought process. I, I was stuck in, in frozen state. And afterwards, upon reflection, I did decide at that moment in time that I wasn't worthy and that I wasn't enough and that I'm not allowed to succeed. I'm not allowed to be happy. And that when I have good things in my life, I better keep it to myself because people will try and harm me or take it away from me. I made up a lot of things about that. Um, and at that period of time, that was the trauma for me. So if I can just share a little bit about now what, what trauma is so people can, can understand, there's different forms of trauma. Uh, there's acute and complex and recurring trauma. There's post-traumatic stress disorder. The easiest way to explain what trauma is, is when a deeply distressing event happens and you respond in a way that either aggregate, aggregates that distressing event or becomes in a healthy experience for you. And what a distressing event is, is very different for ev everybody because we're all unique. So for me, that was a deeply distressing event, holding, being told by my mother that I wasn't skinny enough when I was so excited. Whereas for somebody else, it could be just a glance of an eye from somebody on the street that they're walking by. And that could trigger thoughts and feelings about themselves that are negative. It could be something that's simply physical, like a car crash where the person is physically traumatized as well as emotionally traumatized. So in that, in that point in time, I was severely tra traumatized, but didn't know it, didn't know it. And the other thing that I would add into some other examples, it could be the loss of a job could be traumatizing. The loss of a family member, a friend, or a pet can be traumatizing. Going through a divorce can be traumatizing. Going through you know, different um, eating disorders can be trauma because you're trying to get healthy, but you necessarily don't have all the tools in your toolkit in order for you to get healthy, unless you tap in with a paid professional to help you. Sometimes social media can be very traumatizing, especially in the society that we live in now and the younger generation there's a lot of cyber bullying and etc and sometimes parents don't even take the time to really have those healthy discussions with their children to engage on what's going on with them because they're so busy working and trying to provide for their family that they miss subtle clues to really tap in with their child to see if their child is okay and just something minute as their body language or their smile or the way they carry themselves or engage in a conversation can tell you that something is not right with that person internally as well as externally because the way that they move and the way that they tick to their own beat 
is off balance. Those are just some other um, examples that I would add in for trauma. That is great. Thank you for covering all of that. Yes, I would agree with all of that. And yeah. so Ainsley, after that um, incident happened with your mother at that young age, and then you started to carry the emotional baggage, you started to have limiting thoughts and beliefs about yourself. You allowed imposter syndrome to um, creep in. And then you probably had you know, a guard up around you and in you because you felt like there was incredible things that were happening in your life, but you didn't want to share it externally because you didn't want the dream snatchers, the killers, the haters, the critics, and the naysayers to deter you from tapping into something that made Ainsley happy. So what were some of the things that you did to overcome your trauma and get back on the right track? Mm -hmm. Well, the first thing that I did was get into conversation with my mother, <laughs> which is what you had asked earlier. Did you actually speak to her? So when I got, when I felt that I was supported by friends in my life who could be there post conversation. And when I've talked it out with enough people to sort of come to a decision on how I was going to approach the situation, I spoke to her and I said, you know, this is what happened. And I've been very hurt by this. And what was going on with you? And she said to me, well, first, she paused for quite a while. And then she said to me, Ainsley, I don't even remember that happening. Wow. Which is, yes, which was very, the first thing to hear very devastating because <laughs> you know at this point this was years later in my life so I lived my life with this conditioning wanting you know a better response <laughs> than that so she said to me I don't remember that but what I do remember is just always trying to encourage you and I didn't know what to do with that at the time because I, I didn't expect that. I had hoped that she would apologize or comfort me or have some compassion or some, some self-awareness on her end where she maybe realized, oh, you know, when I was growing up, these are the things that happened to me and I'm sorry, I was projecting that onto you, but none of that happened. So in a way it was sort of re-re-traumatized from that experience, but the better part of me saw that whatever happened, the intention behind it was that she just cared and she just didn't know how to care in the way that I needed it. Mm. And so there was some room to begin that forgiveness process. So that's when you kind of go through the healing, but if she would have just paused and said, Ainsley, I don't remember saying that, but because you said, I said it. I apologize and I did not know how that affected you and how you carried that with you years later. Would that have changed the way that you felt in that present moment? And maybe it would have lessened you opening that wound again. I believe so. I think it would have been easier to deal with. But at the end of the day, the core issue was not necessarily what happened to me, but what I told myself about myself in the process. So I do believe that regardless of how she responded, 
the real healing work was becoming somebody that related to myself as worthy as enough. Mm, yes. Okay. So not necessarily focusing on what she said, how she said it, and how you reacted to what she said, but you really doing the inner work to see Ainsley for how you perceive yourself, how you want to show up in the world, and how you are going to be present in your life to live according to your terms and not the terms of somebody else that is projecting onto you or saying things that may not be conducive to your overall growth. Exactly. So perfectly said. <laughs> Thank you, Ainsley. And then one thing I want to ask, because I think it could be culture. And the reason why I say that is because I'm first generation American. My dad was from Curacao, so off the tip of Venezuela. And my mom is from St. Vincent and the Grenadines, the West Indies. So I'm first generation American. And I feel like growing up in a household that is not traditionally American, the way they say certain things comes from how they were raised. Um, what was, what were your parents' background? And do you feel like that had a lot to do with the way that they communicated to you and raised you? Absolutely. So my parents were both born and raised in the Philippines and they emigrated to Canada in their early twenties. And they both came from struggling families, families that were living day to day, hand to mouth. And so they're up the way that they brought me up was very much from the perspective of survival. So the main importance in our family was, was there money in the account? Was there food on the table? Was there roof over your head? And that's it. So they did great at providing that. And it's, I can understand now, you know, seeing that that, that was only how they were shown to live, that the other parts like emotional support, emotional development, they weren't provided that. So there was no way they could have even seen that would be something in addition to what they were already providing. Mm, and you know, the reason why I asked that question, Ainsley, is because we have to look at that whenever we think about trauma, because people who are raised differently and they haven't had an example to show them the better way to communicate, whether it's emotionally, whether it's body language, whether it's, you know, the way they communicate, their communication style, and etc. If they don't see that, then instead of helping a person that may already be dealing with trauma, they could very well be a trigger to that individual. Absolutely. And that's why it gets passed down generation to generation is because they do not know it is negatively impacting. The other thing about that too, why it's passed down from generation to generation is, is because in the time they were living, the circumstance they were in, they needed to develop certain skill sets to survive. And as they, as we all grow and evolve and they move into different environments and circumstances, unfortunately, that piece of adapting to creating new tools to survive that new environment isn't there. They carry those old tools with them. And that's what perpetuates those patterns of behavior that don't serve people anymore. Does that make sense? 
Yes, that makes sense. So if we would just get bold and courageous and have conversations like these with the people who raised us, then I think it would help push the needle forward, as well as having these open and honest conversations with those in our family lineage that's younger, because we have to be willing to step outside of the box, break those generational um, curses, or some people say generational ties, to make sure we're not repeating what was passed down from grandparent to child and all of those things. But if we're not willing to open our mouth and look ourselves in the mirror and you know have that healthy discussion with somebody in our family, then I feel like we're only regressing instead of moving forward, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely, I agree. Now, there are special circumstances where people's parents you know, they're not in communication with them anymore, or they've passed away, or they've moved on to different things. So how do people then start to heal when they actually can't have that conversation? And so that's where I found energy healing made a a wonderful difference for me. With energy healing, we're able to energetically heal those relationships that we can't go and physically be in contact with. So an example is a simple visualization of bringing that person into the space and actually telling them everything that we want, we would want to tell them in person, everything we didn't get to say, and, and then actually practice forgiving them in this visualization and watching them go. And that alone can help to heal if not heal completely that experience for you and another way of doing that too is even writing letters any way to just get out what you need to say it doesn't always have to be with the person as long as you are practicing getting it out of your system you can still reap the same rewards as if you were talking with them in person Those are really great tips, Ainsley, because forgiveness is not just for the other person, but it's for you. So you could be free and you could no longer carry around any baggage that is weighing you down. And that baggage could be emotional and that emotional baggage could spill over to stress. And it could also have you in a position where you're closed off. And when you're closed off, you're not open to receive the endless possibilities and the blessings that are supposed to manifest and come into your life because you're so busy harboring things that are not healthy and conducive to your body and your body is your temple. And what does that encompass mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually? You need to have freedom, freedom to be who you were created to be, freedom to interact with other people without having any hindrance or any indivisible weights that are weighing you down. Because if you are weighed down, you're not going to be able to soar and be the eagle you're destined to be. You're not going to be able to cruise up to higher altitudes because the amount of cargo that you're carrying is so heavy that it won't let you to reach those altitudes when you're trying to metaphorically climb um, the skies. So if you think about it this way, think about an airplane. Well, everyone loves to travel. And when we go to the airplane, they ask us to weigh our baggage because your baggage needs to be a certain weight because when the plane is carrying not only passengers, but cargo, if that plane is overweight, 
it's not going to be able to soar to the levels and reach the elevation in order to get us to our destination safely. So think about that plain analogy and apply it to your personal life and ask yourself, what am I carrying around that is not conducive? I love it. I love that analogy. And it's, I'm so glad you pointed that out because forgiveness really is a healing thing that can release all of that baggage. When we're not forgiving, that energy turns into resentment, revenge, anger. Um, and in theta healing, in theta healing, we learn that resentment is one of the heaviest energies that we can carry. Literally, it, it does weigh you down. And if we're manifesting and trying to change our lives, and that's in our space, it simply cannot happen. We just don't have the space to bring in new things when we're carrying this weight with us. And so clearing that resentment, learning to forgive was the way that I had to, that I learned to cope with my trauma and that I recommend all of my clients to do. Um, you know, even in working with manifesting your job, uh, things that don't have to do with the trauma, if you're still carrying that resentment, that unwillingness to forgive, it is going to impact every area of your life. Amazing. And Ainsley, as we wind down, because I want to be respectful of your time, I want you to tell the listeners and the viewers one or two gems and then close us out with who you are, how they could connect with you so they can learn more about Theta Healing your Reiki, your business, and all the incredible things that you are doing, because girl, you are on a mission. <laughs> Thank you. So one or two gems, like sort of words of advice. Is that what you mean? It could be a wor word of advice. They could be a quote. But if you think about it this way, the core pillars of GEMS podcast is to educate, inspire, and motivate. And we're always dropping gems, not just for us, but for other people. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, so I want to share one of my favorite quotes uh, that I had sent to you. I'm just going to pull it up because I don't want to miss. <laughs> I don't want to misread it. Um, so it's by Ralph Waldo Emerson. And he says that what lies behind you and what lies ahead of you pales in comparison to what lies within you. And accessing what lies within you requires you to really slow down, to slow your roll and breathe, because it's there. You just need to listen. Amazing. And Ainsley, once again, Tell the listeners who you are, how they, how can they connect with you on social media? Yes. So I am an energy healing practitioner, yoga instructor, and my mission is to help people live in harmony, harmony with themselves, harmony with each other. So if you are experiencing disharmony in your life, if you feel like you have the goal in mind and are doing everything to get to it, but for some reason it's so out of reach. That's what I love helping you to do and what helping people to do in their lives really is taking your life to the next level.
And where you can find me, I'm actually going through a rebranding. Um, so I'm shifting my business name. I'm still doing exactly what I do, but my name now incorporates uh, more of what I do. And you'll learn more when you go to my website. So you can actually visit me at ainsleymagno.com and all of my contact and social is on there. Amazing. And all of your information will be in the show notes, Ainsley. So listeners, I want to really encourage you, if you have went through a situation in your life that was traumatic, you do not have to carry around that situation on a lifelong journey. Free yourself by doing the healing work. If you're not sure how to do the healing work on your own, tap into a paid professional who masters how to help people heal and overcome trauma. That way you can rise and be the man and woman that you desire to be and live life on your terms. It's not time for you to be a carbon copy, live in the shadows of your family members and your friends, but we need you to be authentically you and show up for this world because as long as you are living and breathing, you are here for a purpose and I do not want your dreams, your gifts, and your talents to end up in the graveyard because you were too afraid to tap into all the things that you have in your wheelhouse to replicate it and leave your imprint on this world. And until we chat next time, my name is Genesis Amaris Kemp. You just heard Ainsley Magno on GEMS podcast. Make sure you connect with both of us like, comment, and share. Subscribe to us on this audio platform, as well as the YouTube channel, Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. Peace, <laughs> love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day because you are a masterpiece and you are worth it. Signing out, Genesis Amaris Kemp and Ainsley McNeil. <laughs>